I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Hey, Jen. Hi, Danita. I am here with my good friend, Jennifer Dolinchuk, and we are here talking everything we can about relationships, specifically today. Should I stay in my relationship or should I get a divorce? Well, that's a question. (laughs) I think it's a question that we ask ourselves all the time. A hundred percent. When in a relationship, I personally admit I would ask myself that sometimes daily. I guess I should take that back. It's not like you're asking it all the time, but it does happen in a relationship that at some point it goes, hey, is this relationship good or do I got to go? Am I happy? Am I living my best life or not so much? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so today what we're actually going to talk about is how the shadow can help us decide whether or not we want to stay in the relationship. Oh, we're going to talk about the shadow. Danita, you, well, you know about this, about me. I, I'm so interested in the shadow and how this works. It's been something I've been thinking about for a long time. And I actually wanted to ask you about it. So this is perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, let's just ask me about it on, on air. Perfect time. <laughs> no time like the present. No time like the present, Jen. What is it that you want to know? The most basic of all questions, I hope you don't mind. I just want to know what exactly the shadow is and what shadow work looks like. Okay. What is the shadow? Well, the shadow is basically the unconscious parts of ourselves that we have been repressing or denying or ignoring or pushing down or that we just don't want to accept or acknowledge because it's the part of us that we want to disown. It doesn't connect with the conscious idea we have of ourselves. Is it the complete opposite of, let's say, your favorite or best qualities and traits? That's a good question. It doesn't have to necessarily be connected to the opposite of that. It can just be things that are like our fears, our weaknesses, our deepest desires that we never think we're going to be able to obtain, the impulses that we have. And these are all things that we have learned to suppress and ignore because we've been told at some point that they're not serving us or that they're bad, we're not good enough to have them, that it's not a good thing in our life. So we should just, you know, we're too much for people. We're too little for people. We're too weak for people. We're too strong for people. So we start to ignore or suppress that part of us because we've been told that it's just a little bit much. That's one way of describing it. Well, that speaks to me. I have been told my whole life that I'm too much. <laughs> but I think I'm just enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> really, it's interesting. And it's, it's by other people. And then I often think, well, why do you have that right to share that? But that's beside the point. So this is what it means. Others have told you 
throughout the course of your life, you're to something or something about you is not okay. It doesn't have to necessarily be that we've been told it specifically. It's that we've learned that these are things that we need to repress or hide. And so it's the part of us that we don't want the world to see because we have we are scared that if they see it, they won't like us, they won't approve of us, and they won't accept us. We will be rejected if they see it. There's a pause because that's a big moment. Thinking about all the things that you have inside of you that you're hiding from the world because they won't be accepted. Or you don't think they'll be accepted. I think that's more the point, Jen. Exactly. You don't think that they will be, so you hide them. I mean, it makes sense. We all want to be protected. We want to get through life unscathed. We hide them. And what does that look like? By hiding it, what happens to us? Well, you're not being your authentic self, right? Like you're not showing your partner who you are. So if I want to relate this directly to relationships, if you're hiding who you are, your partner doesn't know you. They know the part of you that you've wanted people to see. Especially when you're out at first meeting someone, you want to put on your best face. This is all done generally subconsciously. Like you don't go out and you're not going to share your worst secrets on your first date. Although I did with Kurt. (laughs) You're not going to in general, go out and show the worst part of you. I mean, that happens naturally over time within a relationship that people start to see other parts of their partner. But it is just the part that, you know, you just, you pretend doesn't exist. You ignore it. Even when your partner's seeing it, you're like, no, that's, no, (laughs) that's not me. (laughs) It really affects how you show up in a relationship. And it affects the way that your relationship goes. By doing this shadow work, or doing this inner work, what really starts to happen is that you start to see patterns that have been happening within your relationships, relationships over time or within your relationship currently. A pattern can happen, you know, like you have a cycle of like an argument or a disagreement. And it's like, well, what's your shadow saying about that? How come this keeps happening? Time after time. Time after time. Exactly. But it's true, right? How come this keeps appearing and reappearing? Starting to like acknowledge and accept that you have the shadow, that there are parts of you that you've been ignoring. It allows you to see, okay, what patterns are happening within my relationship? But what patterns are also happening within me? How come I'm being triggered? Because that leads into where you start identifying your own needs. Yes. Can we talk about that? So identifying your own needs and how that relates to the shadow. By doing this work, you really start to see what do you need in a relationship? What do you need from yourself? What is a value to you? So you can also start clarifying values. What's important to me? What's truly important to me? And what have I been ignoring because I've been pretending that I don't need this need or this value? How has this need and value been coming and being expressed through subconsciously through my shadow? And then that's becoming a part of our our pattern in our relationship. That's a good one. What have I been ignoring? Sure. And this one is going to be connected actually to another thing that we, we do is that by doing the shadow work, you start processing emotions because these emotions that are connected to core wounds or to our shadow, our shadow selves, the parts that we've kept hidden, they can cloud our judgment. 
Danita, do you have a personal example that you can share with us about your shadow work when it comes to relationships? Yeah, that's a good question, Jen. Um, I think this one's going to be more connected to uh, the idea that when you actually start processing emotions, then that can really start giving you clarity of your values and your needs and identify patterns. What it also does is see where your judgment has been clouded. Also, where you've been projecting onto your partner that has led to like misunderstandings and conflict and negative patterns of behavior. And this stuff, the projection, is probably one of the biggest things that I had to really work on and accept about my shadow is where I had been projecting onto my partner. But you have to be so self-aware, really. I mean, to look at that, and I'm certain I have done that many times, and others have too, when they're picking out things from their partner or their other family members or colleagues or friends that they dislike. It's actually something that they dislike about themselves. One of the things that I would do is I would criticize or blame them. I would actually just criticize Kurt for qualities and things that he was doing that I didn't like about myself. Even though they, it was true, like I could see him doing it, it was about me. Yes. And I was projecting this onto him. So I was projecting my own feelings about myself in that situation onto him. So did that need to have that strong of a reaction? Probably not. So what do we do? Well, he's feeling tense and defensive and wondering like, what is going on? And if it gets too far, honestly, it can lead to like psychological and emotional abuse. And we're not going to go down that path right there. It truly can. So like this projection can get quite severe. Really what it was, was, I mean, I remember one time and my girlfriends were looking at me like I was insane. Kurt was like 25, I don't mean, he might've been 15, 25 minutes late, maybe an hour. I'm not sure for something, I was supposed to go out for dinner with them and we were all waiting for Kurt to get back. He wasn't back and he had just had like a big day out with his friends and I was livid. Like, I mean, insanely upset. <laughs> and I couldn't even go out for dinner. Like I just, I, I went home. I couldn't even go out for dinner. I was so mad. Did it require that reaction? Probably not. Now there's a bunch of different stuff with that. There is the pattern that Kurt has of constantly being late. He is just late all the time. So that is true. That is a fact. You know, we've had many discussions about that. Like, I don't appreciate it. But my reaction comes from how I feel about myself when I am late. That I don't like that in myself. I want to change that about me. And so I'm sitting here telling him to change. But actually, no, it's like me that needs to shift. It could be that Kurt had never been late in his life. So it doesn't have to always be that, you know, like that fact is true. Like it might just be a true projection where like you're just projecting it onto the other person, which is even more unfair. I have found in a lot of cases that person has that quality and I'm projecting my own emotions about myself onto that person and that quality. So what do we do? Well, you find out where the projection's coming from. How come I'm so upset when I'm late or when someone else is late because it makes me feel insignificant. So then it's related to 
something that I've, I try to hide this part about myself. You know, I don't want people to see it. I don't want people to know that I feel this way. So I get mad at them instead. <laughs> it's easier, isn't it? <laughs> it's much easier to project, as you said, to show anger towards someone else than to turn to yourself. This is the whole thing. I guess this is the whole point of the shadow because it's difficult to turn inward so much easier just to yell at someone else. But I mean, the first step of this is actually just saying, okay, that happened. Whoa, what happened in it? And it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to go to that to Kurt in that instance and be like, oh, I forgive you for being late because actually, no, I was mad. My responsibility and that was my reaction to it, right? Like that's the thing. That's the thing is that I can do and I can work on and I can say, okay, where's this coming from? And why don't I like the, this about myself? And why do I hide it? And why do I try to ignore it? What's the root of it, to be honest? And you have every right to feel the way you do about someone's actions and how they affect you. But the point about the reaction, that's on you. And then to go deeper and find the root. And once you do find the root, what have you found, Anita, in your own success stories of, because you've done lots of work. The other side of that, once I got to that point, is that I still don't love people being late, but I actually give Kurt a lot more flexibility in that sense. But I also expect for him to see how it makes me feel. I've been able to communicate like, hey, this is how I feel. I can be flexible, but I also want you to know that when you do this, it is a trigger for me. It does make me feel insignificant or in the past has made me feel insignificant. And I don't want that pattern to repeat. And how nice for the partner to hear that and know, okay, there's more to it than just I did something wrong. Then I did something wrong. I don't need to be defensive about this. I can have a conversation about it. Tanita, thank you for sharing. Is there anything you need clarity on, Jen, about the shadow? I feel that if anything, I just want to look inside myself and try to find out how I can better find out more about my shadow. Ooh, the other side. And I look forward to hearing what kind of revelations you have, Jen. Thank you, Danita. Thank you, Jen. And thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life, to find awareness in their truth, and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube where I share healing sound meditations. And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.